welcome to the Psychology Sisters podcast. Just two besties on a quest to normalise the dialogue around mental health. I'm Kat, a registered psychologist. And I'm Amy, a registered psychotherapist. In our episodes, we combine our skills, professional and personal experiences with a light sprinkling of science and a dabble of fun to help you to become informed, in control and empowered. Now let's dive deep into today's episode. Hello, everybody. Hello and welcome back. Today we are going to be doing an episode on men's mental health. We are very excited. We had some feedback from a lovely listener who is a male and said he loved our podcast but he felt like we're a little bit female focused. So we're balancing it out today and doing a men's mental health episode. We're going to be talking about stigmas for men experiencing mental health issues, common mental health issues for males and services and how to get help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is something that we find extremely important and I hope that you guys enjoy it. But before we do jump into it, Amy, Pit and Peak. Oh, yes, <laughs> Pit and Peak. Okay, thinking on my toes. All right, I'm going to start off with Pit. So my Pit is that work has been quite stressful of late. I've had some very complex cases. However, it's making me be very efficient with my time. I'm staying very organized and I feel I always feel a greater sense of achievement when I have really complex cases mm. and I'm able to work my way through them and manage them really well. Mm. Uh, so yeah, my pit is that very stressful couple of weeks at work, but nothing I can't handle. Um, it's forced me to practice a bit of self-care, mm. taking some extra time off work when I need it. And I think that's my peak. My peak is that I was able to say no for once and put myself mm. first, put my needs first. And I'm a little bit proud of myself for doing that. Mm, you should be very so, proud. Snaps How me. exciting. <laughs> uh, any, any other peaks that have happened in the last week, maybe? Anything you want to share with the lovely listeners? I wasn't sure if you were going to bring that up or not. <laughs> of course I was. Okay, everyone. I know this might be quite devastating news for some, but <laughs> let's be honest, not for anyone. Um, sure. I am officially off the market. Woo-hoo! I'm in a relationship. I got a new boyfriend. It's all very exciting. It is very exciting. And um, honestly, this is the happiest day of my life. Kat is very invested in this. I've known the guy for two years and he's one of Kat's partners, Josh's best friends. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just living the dream. I'm so very <laughs> excited. Love is in the air. Kat. I'm dying to know, how has your pit and peak been? Please tell me. Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, no, my pit and peak has been, um, what has been my pit? Yes, like Amy, it's not a badge of honour. I'm not saying this to sound super important, but I've been extremely busy at work. Um, and unfortunately, that meant a few things have had to take the back seat, such as this podcast, um, maybe spending time with friends and family. But my peak was that I had my birthday on the weekend and it was such a nice day. I feel like birthdays are such a nice reminder of how lucky you are to have so many people around you. So 28. Mm. Oh my gosh. 28. Feeling great. Great. <laughs> and yes, you have been extremely busy and you still managed to edit all our podcasts. Guys, Kat edits all our podcasts. <laughs> she is the technical genius behind Look, getting I, these I out. I definitely wouldn't go that far. All the cool little sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Kat does all of that and works full time and maintains a relationship. So I just want to, you know, voice my appreciation. Oh, and I, I honestly have no idea what I'm doing. 
I am someone who just throws myself in without knowing what I'm doing. See, this is the thing. Kat says she has no idea what she's doing, but she's like one of those like little undercover geniuses. I'm not. That I'm definitely not. Is like really intelligent and savvy about mm. everything, but is also very cool at the same time. <laughs> God, I'm definitely not. Have you met me? <laughs> You're very I cool. Am so uncool. I'm definitely anyone that knows me knows that's definitely not true. I'm definitely not cool. I'm probably the biggest stalk you'll ever meet, which is probably why I have some kind it's of why we're friends. Some <laughs> kind of level of IT competence because I'm definitely in in a nerd. But Don't it's play definitely, it down, lady. It's definitely you rock, very, and I appreciate you. <laughs> this has been the longest for you to be. All right, let's dive in. All righty. So we are going to start off and talk about men's mental health. So we just want to preface this by saying it's a huge, huge topic. um, And we're just going to maybe touch on a few things that are refined really important. But please know this is not... Everything and everything. Definitely not every... I mean, men's mental health is extremely complex and it's extremely loaded. It's very multidimensional. So... This is certainly just not even scratching the surface, but um, hopefully this helps at least hopefully one man out there. And we might do a couple more on mm. men, men's mental health. Um, send us an Instagram DM if you would like to hear more about yeah. men's mental health. Guys, we want to hear for you. Or if you're a female and you're wanting to know how to support a man mm. in your life, whether it's a dad or a partner or a son or anything like that, please, please, please let us know. We do get lots of DMs from girls, but not as many from boys. So please let us know. We are more than happy to help you out. Okay. So while obviously mental illness affects both men and women, the prevalence of mental illness in men can be seen as lower than women. Men with mental illness are also less statistically less likely to have received mental health treatment than women. However, men are more likely to die by suicide than women, according to Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. So we are less likely to recognize the signs um, for men with mental health illness um, or mental health issues and that's something that we definitely did want to touch on today so when we talk about men's mental health lots of people think about the fact that men maybe don't talk mm. about their feelings and mm. emotions as much which is which could be why we often see or hear about suicide having a higher average for males than females yeah and it's really it's the bro culture it's the she'll be right Mm. be a man man up grow some balls um it's it's really there's this really it's almost toxic masculinity that dictates that men are not supposed to talk about feelings Mm. or if they ever feel anything that they just got to keep it inside or just get over it. Mm. And I feel like for women, that's quite a, there's quite a different social norm where it's quite normal to talk about feelings. Yeah, it's a social issue and it's a health issue mm. because I feel, and I often see this a lot in clinical experience and personal experience, that men suffer in silence due to that mm. stigmatization that it's not masculine mm. to talk about your feelings it's not masculine it's feminine to struggle with mental health mm. i remember ages ago and i'm sorry i can't remember what it was called but i watched a documentary on african male masculinity and in that documentary they talked about how 
if a male experienced any mental health illness, he was a madman and it was demonic. So he was a demon, uh, he wasn't a real man Mm. and he was shunned from society and that was something that was seen as culturally and socially unacceptable Mm. and um, this African man was explaining how when he came to a Western society based on what he'd been through historically he was put in contact with so he went to a university and he was put in contact with um, mental health professionals uh, to offer support and he was offended so it was it was seen as a real oh like I'm not a madman I don't need help like I'm a strong man mm-hmm. I can you know I don't process emotions and I just get on with it mm-hmm. I just do what I need to do and because I'm a man mm-hmm. and I feel like obviously that's a very extreme case but I feel like Today in society, I've it's always remembered that it's it? not no. that much different at all. Yeah, and I feel like also going back to the Victorian ages, where if you if you're a woman who was experiencing any mental health disorder, it was labelled as hysteria. Even going back further than that, women who had any signs of mental health issues were witches. Mm. So I can imagine for men, you know, it's it's incredibly difficult to talk about feelings and it's not a norm so of course you're not going to want to talk about feelings or how you're feeling if you're firstly you're worried about what other people think and secondly you've been taught your whole life not to talk about this stuff or Mm. to only talk about it with women and if you're a man you're meant to be strong and masculine and get through like fight through mm. things like you meant yeah. to be a fighter mm. because you're a strong yeah. man and we're stereotyping here i mean I'm, I'm sure there's lots of men who feel comfortable with talking to other men and there's groups of men who hopefully feel really good about mm. opening up and so we're really just stereotyping to maybe the groups or the or the men that don't feel really comfortable talking to other men about how they're feeling um so i want to talk about sex role theory so this argues that men's social support networks are limited mm. because seeking support or talking about feelings and emotions goes against male role expectations so this really kind of is just a theory on what we've been saying um Ames have you heard of language so it's like man language probably not in a scientific way <laughs> no it's not scientific at all there's this movement on twitter and language means the limited vocabulary men are allowed to use to describe oh. colors flowers and things of a typically feminine nature of course, I then went to Urban Dictionary, who are obviously the most scholarly of all resources, <laughs> and they said language is a useful way, f- useful way for guys to get around the language barrier. Mm. It's basically a combination of grunts, hand gestures, and t- and tone to achieve perfect understanding. So I didn't know that was a thing, but I, now that you've mm. mentioned it, I totally mm. get that. I've I've definitely been around men that have used meng. Language. Language. Yeah. It's so obviously that's really still feeding into the hegemonic masculinity, which is still occurring Mm. in today's society. 2019. So while sex roles, sex role accounts have offered important insights into men's practice and the understanding of why men find it harder to seek social support, there is obviously criticism from you know feminist, from gay groups, and from any of the LGBT. QI groups Mm. and obviously that they're trying to say well if the if the gender theory is correct then homosexual males should feel more comfortable about opening up and lesbian females who take on a male role may feel more uncomfortable with opening up but I think this is way too simplistic because 
homosexual men and lesbian women are at a much higher chance of suicide attempts than heterosexual males. Mm. So it even increases if you do have that, that mm. sexuality as mm. well. So why are men reluctant to seek help? What do you think? So I think that's – obviously that's a loaded question and I don't think men are as bad as at getting help as what we think, especially – now i think there's a lot more awareness and a lot more male focused services available however historically or like we've spoken about Mm -hmm. i think it can go against the idea of masculinity to ask for help Mm -hmm. because it's also a perception of oh i'm not strong enough or i'm i'm weak if i ask for help or Mm -hmm. if i ask for help i'm admitting i've got some kind of problem so i think that's definitely one of the barriers but the proportion of men with mental health disorders which is 13.1 percent who visit a psychologist is almost identical to the proportion of women with mental health disorders who visit a psychologist Mm -hmm. which is 13.2 and that's recent um statistical information Mm -hmm. however like i said historically I think so men are m- much more able to reach out for help now. now. Yeah. Um however in the past, yeah. yeah, I do think that there have been lots of reasons why men not um ask for help and I think it's because men and women have different coping strategies. Mm. Um women are more right hemisphere dominant so there are two different hemispheres um in your brain, left hemisphere and right hemisphere. Right hemisphere this is a very simplistic very overview. Stereotype, yeah, but yeah. Um, generally speaking and simplistically speaking, women usually are more left, sorry, right hemisphere dominant. And in our right hemisphere, that's where all our emotion and kind of creative thinking happens. And in our left hemisphere, that is the more logical problem solving mm. side of our brain. Men generally are left hemisphere dominant which means they are less likely to access talking therapies or they are less likely to talk about how they feel. Um, For example, men that experience depression and suicide have different prevention strategies for helping themselves feel okay, such as exercise. I know a lot of men use humor to reframe their thoughts and feelings. Mm. They might do something to help another person, something really practical and logical. They might spend time with a a pet, hang out with people that are positive like you talked about. Mm. There's that real bro kind of thing Mm. with Mm. guys. Mm. And I think that has a large part of why we see males aren't as likely, Mm. generally speaking, to access mental health services because they do have a very different way of coping in comparison to females. And men are generally, stereotypically, higher risk takers. Mm. So I think if you're coupling really avoidant coping mechanism with a high risk taker, that can often lead to addictions, it can lead to alcohol abuse, and it actually perpetuates the more internalisation of feelings. Mm. So if you're, for example, a man... And you don't like to talk about feelings, but you will generally try and cope by drinking alcohol. Mm. Then there's a good chance that that cycle will continue and continue until you feel unable to talk about your feelings anymore. Mm. Um, So that's just a really simple way that is so common among so many men that I see my friends, my family. 
they they it's almost like they substitute Mm. they want to distract themselves they don't want to process emotion because it's not logical it's not rational and it's not practical or they just they're worried about Mm. how how that's going to go down yeah and i feel like also men will internalize and as as I, i always say the more you try and hide from an emotion or you try and just stuff it back down and not deal with it, the worse it gets. Mm. And so therefore the higher frequency that you might be drinking or you might be more of a risk, you might want to you know, speed more, you might want to take substances more. And that's where we see suicidal ideation mm, because absolutely. it becomes unbearable and you start looking for ways to escape. Mm, absolutely. So some studies actually have found that men want to talk about their well-being but they're not sure how to go about it. Mm. So using a gender relations approach, like I talked about earlier, a 2011 study found that some men relied on the safety and privacy of their intimate relationship with their female partners for talking through emotional difficulties. In doing so, these men maintained a hegemonic pattern of masculinity in public while seeking emotional support from women in private. But what about men who are single? Mm. What happens then? where is their emotional outlet where is their support um and that is really true when i read that when i was doing research for this is that men are more likely to keep it behind closed doors yeah with their partner yeah a wife or whoever it is it might even be another male if they're um homosexual and in public everything's fine it's Mm. all good so they kind of get, you know, trying to keep up that masculine mm, safe face. It's a real pride thing mm. almost, isn't it? Mm. I mean, generally speaking, and it always I feel I feel like my opinion on this is that it does always come back to that masculine role, which is to, you know, save face, like you said, she'll be right. I'm and portraying that I'm coping, like mm. I can handle this. Mm. Or nothing's wrong, and then it's it's also about I feel like for a lot of people in general, not just men, there is a large amount of shame involved in admitting that you're struggling, you've got mental illness or that you're not coping. Mm. And I feel like feeling ashamed or having a sense of shame is a large component into why people suffer in silence. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like also, as I was saying before, the compartmentalizing pattern where men speak to their female partners or male partners at home and then in public they put on a, you know, brave say, face. Yeah, brave face. Mm. This, in the study, it said that this led to tension in men's social relations with other men. Um, so men reported a, sen- a sense of discomfort and unease when conversations started to talk about emotions or topics that were typically viewed as unmasculine Mm. so it was found that men would typically use humor as a way to diffuse and lighten a situation or they would not explore that topic any further Mm. so using humor is such a indicator that someone's not comfortable yeah it's it's a way to lighten a situation break the tension and to not talk about whatever that thing is anymore Mm. and to also i guess distract from something that might be emotional I think like covering it with humor so if you are someone who is you know worried about a man in your life whether it's a friend or a brother or whoever if you're looking look at their humor and what they constantly joke about Mm. especially self-deprecating humor that can be a really big red flag into how they're really feeling they're trying Mm. to cover it up with humor 
I know mm. with Josh sometimes when he starts to make light of a situation a lot, I know that maybe something more is going on there, especially yeah. when it's brought up a few, more than a few times. Yeah. It demonstrates uncomfortability, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. 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 It's so uncomfortable for men mm. to talk about. And it makes me so happy to hear that there is that increased statistic of men reaching out for help. Yeah. But I've certainly seen, I you know, this pattern that – Yes, mental health is becoming a lot more normal, which is fantastic. Um, There's still a long way to go. Still a long way to go. And men maybe are at the point where it's like, oh, I know maybe things aren't right. I know maybe I have anxiety. I know what anxiety is and maybe I have that. But still don't want to reach out for help. Mm. It's almost like there's this barrier between, oh, it's like I recognize that this is wrong or I recognize that I'm That something's not right with me, yeah. But I'm still not ready to reach out for help yet. And that that goes for women as well. Like reaching out for help is extremely difficult, but especially more so as a man because you might have that facade that you're strong and you're brave and you're resilient, Mm. um, which is what unfortunately we've been brought up to believe that you do need to be that. Um, And I know that so many friends that I talk to have dads who are really like when they were crying as kids, they were told, don't cry, you're a boy. Oh my gosh, yes, I can so relate to that. So I've lived with my dad since I was 15 and whenever I would be really upset or emotional and talk to him about something and obviously I know now it was because he was uncomfortable with emotions and didn't know how to comfort me Mm. but he would always say, be strong. And he thought he was saying something, you know, empowering and, you know, teaching me to be resilient and handle things but what he was actually doing was shutting down my emotions so you had to internalize yeah yeah and that wasn't that was due to his uncomfortability around talking about emotions so if you're a boy and your dad says to you stop crying that's telling you two things it's saying that crying is wrong for a boy and you're getting punished for showing your emotion so if anyone ever said that to you or any man as a child That is telling that man constantly or that little boy, you shouldn't show emotion because boys don't show emotion and you'll get punished if you show emotion. Or even um, phrases like, you're a big boy, you'll be right. Or, you know, boys don't cry. Boys don't cry. Those those types of messages, parents, teachers, you know, adult figures send to children. Anyone. Yeah, perpetuate that societal expectation Mm. and societal framework of what masculinity looks like and what that's teaching children is it looks Mm. like that men don't show emotions Mm. to be a boy you have to conceal how you feel and that if you show emotions if you do cry and if you do get upset you're not a tough boy Mm. you're not strong you're not a man you'll get it's you'll get punished Mm. don't cry don't cry or i'll smack you keep crying or Mm. go to your room Mm. there's a punishment that precedes that statement and of course basic operant conditioning of course if you get punished Mm. for something you don't want to do it again but unfortunately what also happens is that men start boys start to think oh okay i can't show emotion i'm going to start to internalize it i'm not going to show Mm. it and then through internalizing it that can be so dangerous and such a delicate thing because as amy was saying that can lead to some really unhelpful coping styles Mm. if you can't talk about your feelings or how you're feeling or how you're going something else has got to give so you might start to spend more speed more drink more to try and numb that feeling a little Mm. bit because when you're internalizing something it builds up it doesn't go away yeah and interestingly 
that you talk about spending more because in Australia, gambling problems in in mental health, there is statistically higher numbers for men. So obviously gambling, gambling problems are linked to other mental health problems such as depression and anxiety, substance abuse. But in terms of sex or gender differences, there is a higher average... Um, of gambling for for men than women Mm. almost double so 10.3 percent for men and 5.6 percent for women so around 200,000 Australians are considered to be uh, or have gambling addictions and much higher stats for for men than women and Mm. I I think it does come back to having maladaptive coping strategies because they haven't learned to process emotions they haven't learned healthy ways to manage mm. their emotions and talk about how they're feeling and culture and culture Aborigin- yeah. aboriginals have a much higher chance of attempting suicide or experiencing suicidal ideation than than other men mm. and also vietnamese and asian cultures mm. i've noticed especially with working with vietnamese clients don't cry that's not what men in mm. vietnam or men in asia or any culture, it's so – I can't think of any culture that I've come across that has been okay with expressing emotion um, except maybe Arabic. I know Arabic men, sometimes it's it's normal to express emotion, which is fantastic. But with a lot of other cultures, Aboriginals, Asians, um, you know, Western society, even Europeans, I, I think it's actually quite abnormal for men to show emotion mm. even now. Mm. Um, and that's why we see, I think, a lot of anger and aggression working with even uh, boys, mm. adolescents and adult men is because anger is often a secondary Absolutely. emotion. So there's lots going on under the surface. Usually anger stems from being hurt, mm. from feeling hurt. Mm. And not being able to communicate that hurt, uh, sadness, mm. grief, whatever it may be we'll often just see anger and aggression. I had a child in with me the other day and he's a client and he is quite an emotional child Mm. and his mum was in the same room and I was having a meeting with both of them and he started crying and she hit him and said, stop crying. And I had to say, stop, he's allowed to cry. That's okay if boys cry. The more that you tell him not to cry, the more he's going to want to cry. The more he can't, you know, he gets angry or he mm. gets frustrated because crying is letting out his emotion. Hitting him and telling him to not cry is keeping it in and it's going to come out as anger later. Mm. She was like, what? She had absolutely no idea. Mm. Oh God. So I think the more you internalize, the more chance there are that you'll have unhelpful coping styles, you'll have you know, more chance of addiction and definitely more chance at experiencing depression, anxiety, suicidal ideation or attempting suicide. So it's so important to reach out for mm. help. And please know that I understand that this is so easy for Amy and I to say. We're both females plus we work in mental health. So mm. I, I know that it, it can sometimes maybe come across when you're talking to a female or someone in the mental health industry that – Oh, easy for you to say, like mm. you work there or it's normal for you. I, I, I'm not discounting that. We don't know your experience. and But it is just incredibly important to reach out for some yeah. help. And, and to be aware that experiencing mental health issues is normal. Like mm. you're human, your emotions fluctuate. And 
Sometimes there are periods of your life where you may not be able to cope with everyday stress and asking for help is so okay. Mm. Like I know when we talk about stigma, like stigmas around male mental health, things like eating disorders. Mm. I know when I speak about eating disorders, men probably don't even come into the picture for a lot of people like we automatically think of women and females experiencing Mm -hmm. eating disorders but we know that um, there's a cultural stigma around the actual proportion of males with eating disorders because statistically it's higher for, I think for it's men. one in ten. Yeah, that experience anorexia or bullying. binge eating. Yeah, binge eating. Body dysmorphia. Yeah. So it's a useful reminder to look beyond gender stereotypes mm. when we're talking about mental health, um, mm. even postnatal depression. So around 10 new dads get postnatal depression. Mm. Unlike new mums, dads don't benefit from the universal screening. They... When we talk about postnatal depression, I know I automatically think of women. That's, that's you know, mm. a, a bias, but it's so true. Mm. Um, when it comes to mental health of parents, we don't provide the same level of proactive care to dads as we do mums. Mm. And I think this is a missed opportunity to engage men in conversations about their mental health. And it is a key issue. And, yeah, I guess I'm – I feel. And I yeah. also wonder, I mean, obviously women – maybe feel more comfortable talking about feelings and emotions maybe men feel like because their partner might talk about their feelings a lot and their emotions Mm. that they can't talk about their own Mm. that they feel like oh she's got a lot going on or I don't want to make it harder for her so I'm just not going to say anything Mm. I wonder if that comes into play as well perhaps because females are really good at expressing emotion and they express it a lot more obviously they're right brain Mm. dominant so I guess maybe I'm trying to get myself into the head of a male who comes home to a f- partner and she's got a lot going on. She's, this has happened and this has happened. And <laughs> mm. and for a male, I wonder if that's like, oh, well, then I don't really want to burden them with my what's happened to me, so I'll just keep it inside. Yeah, I want to look after them. I don't want them to worry about me because yeah. I'm a male and I'm the man of the house. So then we still have that stigma that exists mm. around surrounding mental illness for men and that a lot of men struggle with admitting that they need help. Absolutely. So there's been some awesome social marketing campaigns for around men's mental health. Um, in 2017, there was a campaign called Soften the Fuck Up. Sorry about the language, but that's what it's called. I love it. And Man Up, um, which was aimed at raising social awareness of the links between men's concealment of emotions and the high rates of suicide. While these campaigns... Um, yeah, definitely should be applauded for their creativity in reaching men and probably a lot more um, appealing to men. Mm. <laughs> They're still relying on some uniform view of masculinity and hegemonic masculinity. So man up and soften the fuck up. I think that's really saying, well, it's still really playing on the gender mm. of the, on the masculinity structure that, you know, men need to just man up and reach out for help. So while it's great there i think that maybe in the future there can be other marketing campaigns that can reach out for both men and women that don't have that really gender stereotype or things like that when i first saw that i was like oh that's really awesome then i thought about it i was like oh Mm. i wonder how many men would want to you know what i mean participate in something like that i wonder if that's still and remember there's that links ad last year it's a really great ad about toxic masculinity yes yeah 
Yes, that was really great to see. It caused so much outrage, but it was kind it was of controversial. Really awesome. it was, but it was awesome. Yeah, mm. so I'm really happy to see that more and more males are seeking help, and hopefully, it is becoming more normal. But also, anxiety and depressions. I think that's becoming normal, but everything else, I feel like, is mm. still really There's taboo. So much more. Yeah, There's so much more. I think as a society regarding stigma for men's mental health, there is so much more work to be done um, to reduce stigma and expand opportunities for support. Men will still be experiencing shame and guilt because I feel like it's an ingrained social ideal, isn't it? Um, What it it means to be masculine. So that could, that does lead to them, I, I guess, being less willing to ask for help. But I think as a society, and on a personal level as as well, like on an individual scale, there is still so much work we could be doing to reduce that st- mm. stigma. And yeah, and I think it starts with informing yourself. Mm, absolutely. Um, men shed. How fantastic yeah, is men shed? You know, my dad great. started to go. So Professor Barry Golding, and he had this awesome quote, which really rings true to men. He talk, he was talking about men shed and he said, men don't talk face to face. They talk shoulder to shoulder mm. because we've, we've talked about this at length in a lot of our other episodes, but men do generally prefer not the, not to talk face to face. It can be quite confronting. Go for a long drive, guys. <laughs> you know, I preach it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so men shit is really fantastic at getting a group of men together and building. They go for sporting days. It's it's honestly such a great idea. It, it really is. warms my it's heart phenomenal. to know yeah. that there is these services for men out there. It's not just for women. Um, and also Men's Line, we've talked about that as well. We'll pop that um, in our Instagram and maybe the show notes too men have different coping strategies to females that may not involve talking so if you are a girlfriend a sister a mother a friend whatever your relationship may be if you kind of have some suspicions that maybe a guy that you know may not be traveling so well some things that you can do that might help will be go out for a healthy meal exercise maybe go for a walk hit the gym together play a sport like Kat said generally speaking males like to be kept busy they like Mm. to distract themselves so maybe play a game or uh, if you're into I don't know things like gardening or cars Mm. like have a little project together Mm. that you can work on and then start opening the conversation as we mentioned humor is often used to distract Mm. from uncomfortable emotional topics however that is a kind of like a warning sign or a red flag Mm. so if you do pick up on that maybe just ask someone straight out like hey I know you said that as a joke but you know is that just checking in like is that something that maybe you want to talk about or you know it doesn't sound so funny that you're hating on yourself today or whatever it might be do something to help another person that can like we've talked about, there's a lot of shame around men's mental health illness. So maybe being able to help someone else in the mental health field may kind of shed light on that and allow you to feel... Normalise it a little. Normalise it, yeah. You know what's really interesting when you're saying go for a walk? Um, I had this conversation with Josh about 12 months ago and he would say, oh, I only see my mates out drinking. So they never really got that quality time together. There was no, when you're out drinking and partying with friends, that's great. But I feel like when you do that, sometimes you might open up a lot 
and you might your friend might forget it in the morning and I always say to Joshua why don't you just you know girls obviously we we go out for breakfast Mm. we go out for walks we go get our nails done shopping whatever we know there's lots of stuff that females do together and I said to him well instead of going drinking why don't you actually just go for a walk Mm. like you don't have to spend a lot of money or Mm. drink until you can't walk what's wrong with just going for a walk with your mates like and then he was like oh yeah that's a really cool idea like it just didn't click to him like yeah. he was like oh, I've got to wait a whole four weeks before I see my friends and then I was like why don't you just organize mm. on a Sunday night or afternoon mm. to go for a walk with them and he was like oh my god so you know really breaking the pattern of what you do in your social groups as well I mean you don't always need to go out drinking and partying and gambling Definitely. or anything like that yeah ask yeah hang out with them go for a walk do a fun run together do something like tough mudder like all the yeah. really cool um, obstacle courses that's a really healthy bike riding together yeah definitely and if you are a male who is experiencing any kind of negative feelings learn to accept that your feelings are okay whatever you're feeling like emotions are just a response to a situation and however you respond to a situation whether you feel sad angry hurt lonely mm. All those negative emotions that are so normal for us as human beings to feel. Learning to sit with those and accepting that it's okay that you have those emotions. Mm. And it's okay that sometimes some days are harder than others. And you're not meant to be able to cope with all the stress all the time. Absolutely, yeah. And accepting those feelings and letting them pass through. Knowing Mm. that 9 out of 10 times your feelings pass. This will pass too. In about 60 seconds, feelings pass through. But if you keep not letting them pass and what I mean by pass is even just saying something to yourself like I'm feeling really worried at the moment Mm. I'm feeling not so good today sometimes that's all it takes just to acknowledge it it. acknowledging it accepting it and letting it go yeah sometimes when we get that feeling of feeling worried we subconsciously will be like oh I feel really worried and then you frazzle yourself and then you do something to try and get rid of that worry Mm. emotional eating spending risk-taking and that actually makes it worse because mm. the problem you haven't acknowledged exactly. that you're not feeling okay yeah. you haven't acknowledged that there's a yucky feeling there so you're not processing it you're not dealing with it you haven't accepted it and so it kind of festers doesn't mm, it like a wound mm. like a wound you an keep emotional wound into. yeah <laughs> an abscess if you will rubs it with some salt <laughs> in it you'll be right <laughs> yeah so Really make sure that you do acknowledge it and let that wound breathe because chances are the more you let it breathe, the quicker it will heal and pass through. That's right. Deep breaths, acknowledge and accept those negative feelings. Writing it down, listening to music that kind of feels like you're in the same mood Mm. as that music can really help if you're not someone that's a big talker. I know sometimes with my male clients um, and maybe there's people in their life that are not sure how they feel, like they're trying to get to know them a bit more, try and talk to them about feelings asking them what music are they listening to at the moment what are they watching at the moment that's a really good way into someone else's feelings mm. um, is their music as well so if you have a musical friend or a musical um, mate in your life or if you're musical mm, really good exploring what music they're listening to yeah definitely all right guys so as we said this is definitely just only scratched the surface it was such a <laughs> i feel like we could talk about this know, for days i know we actually um amy and i were talking we really want to get a male in we have a really good mate who would be really good to talk about this stuff with so we are definitely working on it but yeah we hope you guys enjoyed and hopefully it shed some light into men's mental health it's certainly not really talked about at the moment no so we know that mental health exists and we know that mental illness exists but there are some yeah it is the next step 
So please let us know, DM us if you have any other questions regarding men's mental health. Um, and if you're interested in this, we would love to do some more episodes for you guys. Absolutely. Alrighty, guys, we will catch you next episode. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you love this episode or you know someone who might, we would love you to share this with them. If you want to see more, please follow us on our Instagram at The Psychology Sisters. Please note the content shared in this episode is for educational and general informational purposes only and does not replace personalised advice and support from a mental health professional. See you next episode for more spicy science and sexy self-help.